Welcome to this episode of Shoulder to Shoulder, where we strive to grow in love of the Lord and each other. I am Pam Marvin. And I'm Megan Silas. And we're so glad that you can join us again for this episode as we conclude. Yes, Megan, tell them what we're concluding today. Our book study. Book study. On Friendship of the Fathers, friendship how the, the early fathers. church evangelized. Akalina. It's been a, it's it been a good it little is. journey through it's, this book. Yeah, it's been a very nice reflection. I just uh, am so edified in my own friendships. You know, as I, I reflect back and see how I have so much of what they describe as being so beautiful and good and holy friendships and always room for improvement. But at the same time, um, I give all thanks to God this happened to me because he sure wouldn't have. I sure couldn't have created my own devices. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I really think it's um, good to spend some time pondering friendship as a relationship, as an important relationship. I, I guess one of those things that we most people recognize that it's good to have friendships that friendships are important they they may have you know some really good friendships in their lives or if they don't wish they did but i don't think enough reflection is done in the average individual on well what makes a friendship good mm-hmm. how do you build a good friendship like how much priority should be placed on friendship like is is it something that we should just fall into or is it something that we strive to create and it's and i think that a lot of people tend to go more towards the it's just something that happens that you fall into and that it doesn't you know what happens happens and that there's no kind of um, intentionality that you can really have about it and I, i just think that's not a good recipe for having deep intimate friendships it works great for people that are just kind of like you know work friends coffee buddies you know people you chat with at the gym that sort of thing or or good you know like neighbors that you just kind of enjoy hanging out with Mm -hmm. or you know maybe you get together and you know invite them over for dinner sometimes but when it comes to like really going deep and to really coming to know the heart of another and understand the truths of not only the deep goodness that's within them, but also the weaknesses and receiving another with absolute charity and truth. It's it, that just doesn't happen by chance. That doesn't, that takes intentionality. Mm -hmm. It takes effort. In fact, in the book itself, um, in this last chapter, which is just the conclusion, he says, there's one thing all the fathers agree on. It's that friendship is a virtue and like other virtues, it needs work. Mm. It isn't just a nice thing that falls into your lap. If you want friends, you must put in the effort of being a friend. You know, and so, so true. if you're someone in who finds yourself saying, like, well, no one ever calls me and like, you know, why don't I have better friends? And, you know, I don't really feel like I have anyone to talk to. Well, who are you calling? Yeah. Who are you offering to listen to? Yeah, exactly. That reminds me of is when we get those little tiny in, inspirations and nudges to reach out to a friend, like, 
for some reason, maybe the Lord's putting them on your mind or just something reminds you of them to reach out to them and tell them, hey, I'm thinking of you. Hope all is well. Those Mm -hmm. kinds of things. I mean, I have some friends that I haven't seen in a while. We were very close at one time, and but they're still so valuable and precious to me. And I try to do that with them, even though... I, I do, Megan, I'm a little bit different because you know how I'm very much of a de- abandonment to divine providence and say, okay, once the Lord has them cross my path, then it's up to my initiative to cultivate a deeper friendship, even when they're not directly in my path anymore, mm-hmm. that there's still someone that God has placed on my heart to reach out and just still try to be a good friend of them. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that uh, intentionality doesn't have to you know, mean that you're not being attentive to the Lord. It basically like, if you're not in a position where you're listening to the Lord for inspiration on a topic, you're probably not going to hear him. Right. Right. And so, you know, I think if in anything that we are really feel as a desire of our heart um, and we were seeking God's guidance and want to discern how he wants us to proceed in that area, like that doesn't happen by not spending time pondering that with the Lord, taking it to prayer and everything. So, you know, I really feel like if you have come become convinced (laughs) by after listening to this book and us talk about the book and even, even more fully like the whole podcast that we have, that's really often ordered towards, you know, friendship. If you're convinced that this is a good and beautiful, holy thing, or as he's saying, an actual virtue, uh, to be in deep friendship, like if you, and then you're thinking, I want that. I want more of that. I want to go deeper in that and the relationships I already have, you know, follow that up with bringing that to the Lord yeah. and saying, yeah. Lord, I want this. I want, you, you have shown me through the history of the church in scripture through, you know, Jesus yourself saying, I call you friends and then saying that there's no greater love than this, that a man that lay down his life for his friends, you know, he has elevated the relationship of friendship to such a lofty level, you know, so bring it to him and say, help me, help me learn what it is to be a good friend. Help me to find good friends, you know, put me in circumstances that will give me opportunities mm-hmm. uh, to find those people in my life. And, uh, you know, be more active in the pursuit of friendship. Right. Do you know, Megan, something else comes to my mind too, is like, when is it time to let go of, mm, of, yeah. of um, I'm, I'm thinking of a particular one who I've really, you know, it, it started after a while. It felt like a one way mm-hmm. yeah. street, you know, where I was really invested um, wanting to be closer and, and had moments of it in the past and then just a kind of a withdrawal and a meh, you know, from mm, the other side. Sure. But after so long, I mean, I did feel like I was just giving up, but, you know, I really, I, I have prayed about it and I don't know if it's me or if it's the mm-hmm. Holy Spirit saying, it's okay, you can let go. Right. And I when do think that's a good distinction. There's a difference between giving up, which sounds like a failure, and letting go, which is a surrender, mm-hmm. you know, to surrender to whatever God's will is, you know. Yeah. And in fact, in the book, he actually says, this is a direct quote in this last chapter, sometimes being a good friend isn't possible because the other person just won't allow it. Yeah. Oh. And so true. if that's the case, everybody's allowed their free will. 
If they don't want to be in a deep, intimate relationship with you, you cannot force it because it won't be what you want it to be, you know, and, and we have to recognize that. Um, and if we try and we do our best to, to be clear about our intentions, about what we would like to, to foster with that person, a person time and time again with maybe words or not even words, but actions says, I don't want that. I don't want that. At some point you say, well... I allow that. I allow that you do not want this relationship that I was hoping for. And I will no longer pursue something that you have made very clear right. you don't desire. And, you know, there was a time in my life, too, when I started to really, I don't know if I, if the right word is say taking my faith more seriously, because I always felt like I was taking it pretty seriously, but started getting just much more involved in um, Bible studies and just community, you know, mm -hmm. stronger community. And we were warned that in some cases, those friendships that are not edifying may fall away. And sure. that was true. It was yeah. very true that not on the same page, not rooted in Christ, right? you know, maybe just one way. Yeah. And I have definitely found that as I have grown in love with the Lord and really turned my heart and mind more and more to him, I have a hard time actually spending long periods of time in conversation that don't involve him. Like if a person clearly doesn't want Jesus on the topic list of conversation, I literally struggle to remain in the presence of that person mm -hmm. for too long. And, and so while I think that's an important point to make, cause he, you know, he makes the point in this chapter saying, like, if we're going to really truly use friendship as a means of evangelization, um, which is what, the, you know, this whole book is kind of about, is it towards evangelizing, you know, to bringing the love and light of Christ to the world. We're going to have to be able to be in friendships with people who aren't necessarily already Christians. There's a difference between a person who's not already a Christian, but is open to hearing your heart about who Christ is to you than a person who wants nothing to do with him. Mm -hmm. Because the reality is, is that as we grow more and more, as Paul says in the place of, it is no longer I who lives, but Christ who lives in me. If somebody wants nothing to do with Christ, they don't want me. That's so true. They just don't. Right. And I cannot be other than who I am. You know, that's one of the, my, my saint, my confirmation saint, Saint Perpetua. That's literally a quote from her. Like the, her, her dad was trying to, who was a pagan, was trying to convince her to not be a Christian. And, you know, and she looks, she shows, points to a water jug and is like, you know, what is that? A water jug. And she's like, and I'm a Christian and I cannot be called by anything other than what I am. This is what I am. And mm -hmm. if someone rejects Christ, you know, full stop, that is not going to be someone I can actually be in friendship with because it's not just rejecting him. It's rejecting me and him in me. But there's a big, but there are people who they don't know Christ. They haven't come to understand who he really is. Maybe they have some really major misunderstandings about Christianity, about the Catholic church, but they're not closed off to hearing. Yes. 
you know, and those people you really can foster relationships with and you can hear where their heart is and you can either acknowledge you're right. Right. We have fallen short in that area. We have not been the witness to you as a community that we should have been. And that will really speak to their heart of your humility. Mm-hmm. But then you can also say, you know what? The way you're understanding that is just not true. It's not what we believe. Let me, let me help you understand uh, because I want you to know me. It's not just about, I want you to know the face so you'll be converted. Like if we approach relationship like that, like I want to use friendship as a means of evangelization. And so now the person is no longer a person, but simply a conquest, a conquest, yeah, yeah, yeah. something to be one. Uh-huh. And you want to bring the truths of the faith to them to like overcome, you know, their disbelief. People know that right. people know if you're not loving them for who they are. Yeah. And, you know, there's speaking in kind of along those same lines, we want to also be the opposite of that as far as being a person of God, so in love with the Lord that we emit that fragrance of him, that people are drawn to us, which I think is a very, very important part of our growth and virtue Absolutely. to someone who's like, gosh, they're so attractive to me. I'd love to be their friend because of whatever she has. I want some of it. Right. But we also have to understand that it says in scripture, those who love the darkness hate the light. And, and so that's if a, absolutely true. You know, so <laughs> your very odor of Christ, the light that you bring, if somebody hates the light and wants the darkness, yes. they will have the opposite response to you. Uh, and I have definitely experienced that <laughs> and before. I have experienced like as well. Or somewhat repulsed. Yeah. And it's interesting because you're like, really? Okay. Well, it tells me a lot more about you than it does about me. <laughs> yeah. 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 It, it's just like, you know, when you get this, oh my gosh, you're so much. Can you just stop talking about that? Oh my goodness. Yeah. You know, like, okay, they don't want that. And we have to remember that God doesn't force anybody Mm-mm. and we shouldn't either. But we have to still love but if they reject time and time again who we are in Christ, we our love may have to be more from afar and from in prayer and and just accept that that's the reality. Right. I mean, lots of people rejected Jesus Himself, who had the odor of sanctity more than the Lord, <laughs> <laughs> right? You know, well, look what happened to him. Yeah, they killed him. Yeah, and if you ever do, you watch the the Chosen. I haven't watched season three yet. Oh, but. I'm I'm up to date. <laughs> and it's just like, you know, you see him as a, as the character, right, of Jesus and the very same character. Some people are just like, oh my goodness, Jesus, you're amazing. I love you. And the other people are just like, I hate this guy. I, I just, this guy. You know, it gets on my nerves. I can't stand this guy. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to, like, just want to kill this guy. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's true. it happened to our Lord. It'll happen to us. Mm. It's so true. And then, you know, what does Jesus say? Well, rejoice when the world hates you and reviles you for my name's sake. This means your your day of salvation is near. And so that's how we can kind of shake the dust off our feet. Yes. When we offer that grace, we offer that that peace and joy and love that is Christ in our hearts to another. If they say, I don't want that. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I do think also that we should be living our lives in such a way that... um that Christ is apparent, like, like if you meet someone for the first time, let them not leave that first encounter with you with any doubt 
that you love Jesus, that you are a Christian, mm-hmm. like that it's just so a part of you that there's no question after you've met that you are a lover of the Lord. Yeah, absolutely. And you might not even in the, in, ex- in the exchange, like even bring up Christ or that you're a Christian, but just to live in accordance with that, like I was just telling you, you know, about this Etsy package that I ordered that like I got the wrong thing. Right. Like, and so the, I sent an email to the person um, who the seller and said, you know, well, I received this and I ordered this, um, you know, and she got back to me and was so apologetic. I'm so sorry. I, I must've missed up the mixed up the labels. I'm, you know, whatever. And my response to that was this sincere desire to make her feel better in her error. Like I responded, I totally understand these mistakes happen. Not a problem at all. How can I help you by getting this wrong item back to you? I will Mm. go, I will go ahead and mail it back. Um, You know, send me a label where you want it to go. And there was a joy in giving that sort of mercy Understand, yeah, I make mistakes. Mm-hmm. I do stupid stuff sometimes that, you know, and so was I disappointed that I didn't get the item that now I wasn't going to get in time to use? I was disappointed, right. but my disappointment didn't have to translate into anger and condemnation for the person that made a mistake. And I felt good about who I was being in the heart of Christ, even though the name of Christ was never mentioned. I just, you know, Sign my thing, blessings, mm. you know, and we have opportunities to do those things all the time. Right. In our kindness. Yeah. Mm. For sure. And I think those are the things that will make us stand out as other from the world. And sometimes people will be super attracted to that. And sometimes people take advantage of it. So True. And been on that side of it too. <laughs> yeah. And the reality is, is that don't take advantage of my good nature. Right. But the thing is, is that we shouldn't let fear of being taken advantage of cause us to hide the goodness that we're meant to image to the world. Mm. Yep. Fear is not from God. Maybe there's some some danger fear, but then there's holy fear. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, but even like fear of danger, I think as the times get more dramatic, as t- as there's more persecution against people who believe, you know, the truths of the Christian faith, things that have been, you know, we already see, you know, this sort of that cancel culture stuff of if you don't toe the line um, on the ideology of the day that is so often contrary to Christian teaching that you're going to be treated badly, you know, and you have to be ready to allow that, you know, to say, you know what, I'm afraid that I may lose my job. I'm afraid that someone may say terrible things about me. I'm afraid that maybe someone's even going to attack my place of business. Those are realistic things to be afraid of, but that doesn't mean that our fear should win the day, even if they're legitimate fears. Sometimes in order to live in truth, we have to be willing to risk even injury, mm-hmm. physical, emotional, financial injury for truth. For the sake of the gospels. And for true yeah. love. 
love mm. that goes beyond what a culture says is how love looks. Because mm-hmm. love that's opposed to the truth of Jesus Christ is no love at all. Right. You know, I'm really struck along the same lines about how in our culture right now, the inclusion and, you know, just everybody one big, okay, we're all good, we're all yay, except if you're Christian. The Christian bigotry is yeah. incredible right now. It's the only acceptable acceptable bigotry in the United States right now. Yeah. It's okay, and- oh, you're a Christian, yeah. I don't see that getting better. I see that get, that it's, getting I worse. really feel it's going to get worse, and and just right. bad attitudes and and harsh speech will move more and more towards loss of gainful employment and you know physical violence. And we've already seen it. I mean, how many pregnancy centers do you have to have you know firebombed and churches desecrated? To think that that's not going to escalate from there when there's absolutely nothing happening to curtail it. Mm-hmm. I mean, those things happen and the authorities do nothing to say you can't do that in the society. And so it's always the way of things that people in hatred will keep escalating and seeing, well, if I got away with that, can I get away with this? Just like a little child. Right. And so we have to be ready and willing to accept the martyrdoms that come our way. Absolutely. And, and I think the relevant thing about that statement in the light of what we're talking about here in relationships, one of the martyrdoms we will experience is the death of relationships when people choose to either live in fear of those forces and then go along with them or are actually turned to those things themselves and then turn against us, we will have to sacrifice relationships as part of the martyrdom that will come. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. as hard as that is to understand uh, at times that that's sometimes we do have to just have the death of those relationships. The hope is, is the new birth of new relationships that are founded in truth and goodness and founded on the principles and teachings of our Lord Jesus Christ. And those relationships will be grander and more beautiful than anything that came before. It's about the fulfillment of becoming all that we're meant to be as Christians, as church, one in Christ, loving and holy friendship and striving for the ultimate goal of total unity in heaven together. Mm, I love daydreaming about that in general. What's the world going to look like at that point? Yeah. And, you know, they promise it's been promised in many prophecies that there will be a time of an era of peace where after much tribulation and chastisement, there'll be an emergence of a church that's glorious and purified and that shining light on the hill that it's meant to be. And that we will live in friendship with each other in a way that we hadn't experienced before. And, and so I would just say, Strive for it now in your individual lives and your friendships and your, in your church, become more and more who we're called to be in the Lord, in holy friendship, in love. Just think what we could do without witness. Mm, Love purely. Amen.
Amen. Well, thank you so much for walking this uh, road through history and through uh, the writings of the fathers. And, and we've just been so blessed to hear from the saints on the topic of friendship. And we hope that you've been blessed by it too. We hope you uh, continue to walk with us as we move on to other topics. And if you want to uh, suggest any, please get in touch with us. The best way probably uh, to message us on our Facebook uh, shoulder number two shoulder podcast. And uh, we'll look forward to hopefully hearing from you and and hope that you'll continue uh, tuning in and listening. And so until next time, let's remain united in prayer. God bless. God bless.